0: Hey, Prodigal. Welcome to week four of In Sync. Our next baptism Sunday is just around the corner. These are some of our favorite Sundays here at Prodigal. If you would like to be baptized or you would like more information about baptism, reach out to any of our staff. They would love to talk to you about it. Our second annual Love the World auction is coming up on Friday, March 1st. Through this event, we get to raise money for specific needs for our partners in Malawi, Africa, and fund ministry opportunities here locally. If you would like to donate to our silent auction, dessert auction, or raffle, we have flyers in the lobby. We also have support letters, so take them to any businesses who would like to partner with us. Ticket sales to this event are live on our website, so grab some tickets, buy a table, or sponsor the event. You can keep up with everything on our calendar through the Prodigal Church app, so make sure you have it downloaded. If you want to give to Prodigal, you can do so on the app, website, or in the lobby. We are grateful for your partnership. Everything we are able to do is because of you. Thanks for joining us today for week five of InSync. We hope you have an amazing have Sunday. have the rest of you, now I want the best of you. It's time. We are starting a meal train ministry for our church. Uh, When there's a pregnant mom or a family in our church going through some difficult days, we're going to have a team of people that can take care of meals for them for a season. And we're really excited about this because I really think it'll be a blessing to many people in their time of need. But I'm absolutely inspired by how this ministry came about. Uh, It wasn't us at a staff meeting kind of talking about ways to to create new ministry opportunities. It wasn't my idea, it wasn't Brittany's idea. A young mom in our church was walking up to church on a Sunday morning, and she kept seeing uh, women in our church with big bellies, okay, pregnant. And she thought to herself, wouldn't it be great if someone could bless these women and their families? She herself is a mom of two, and so she knows how a meal train can really bless a family. And so she thought to herself, Wouldn't it be great if, I love it, someone in our church saw people, I mean, really saw them, felt a stirring and wanted to do something about it. Uh, She connected with Brittany about this and now we're actually making it happen. And you can be a part of it. You can click on the Prodigal MT link on our app or our website if you're interested. When a need arises, an email will go out to the team and meals will be coordinated to bless those families. Uh, This woman in our church inspires me. And perhaps the Spirit of God might be inspiring in speaking to you as well. Have you ever thought, wouldn't it be great if? Don't neglect that voice. Let's be in sync with God's Spirit and do something about it. We are in week four of our In Sync sermon series. And next week is the finale and we're gonna take Communion together in person at Prodigal, we can't wait. Our theme verse, Galatians chapter 5, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. It has been fun taking a stroll down memory lane with some of the boy bands that have come up throughout this sermon series. How many of you remember 98 Degrees? Uh, the group's frontman man, Nick was one of the first reality TV stars marrying and doing a show with pop star Jessica Simpson. Uh, their most famous song is The Hardest Thing. I think it's their best song. Do you remember it? Now, you might remember that. But do you remember that in March of 2020, Nick Lachey rewrote the words to this famous song and made it about the quarantine experience? It's the hardest thing we ever had to do to stay stuck in our house just watching all this bad news. It's the hardest thing we've ever had to try to stay six feet apart when we go outside. Now, I think it's safe to say that every one of us remembers March of 2020. We all remember staying home, we all remember the toilet paper shortage, and we all remember the news. Everybody learned a lot in that season. And in that season, I learned that family, friends mattered more than anything else. More than money, more than status, more than stuff. People. Those who God had placed in my life are what life is all about. And we were all reminded of that during those first several weeks of COVID. Sometimes we need to be reminded again. This morning for week four of Keeping in Sync with God's Spirit, I want to remind us once again that people are the priority. Now, I really believe this, that that something supernatural happens when a baby laughs. Everybody smiles. Even the most stone-hearted, cold person at least grins. I'm convinced that when a baby laughs, not only does everybody smile, but I think all of heaven rejoices. During COVID, our staff would meet several times a week on Zoom. We still meet on Zoom from time to time. Uh, And actually, two people on our staff, we actually hired in 2020. We interviewed Eric, our worship pastor, through Zoom. I saw him five or six times on the computer screen before I ever met him in person. And Eric's daughter, Elliot, who you will often see running around at church every Sunday, she was just a baby then. And Brittany's son, Zed, uh, he was just a baby then. And so we're on Zoom, and we're talking about the next sermon series or the next event, and then Eric's baby, Elliot, pops up on the screen. And it is impossible to focus on what we're saying because Elliot is smiling so big. Or Brittany is holding her baby, Zeb, and we stop mid-sentence in our meeting and try to get him to smile. And it's not just babies. When any of our kids, accidentally or purposefully got on our Zoom meetings, poked their head through onto the screen, we would stop and focus on them because innately in that moment, we realize that they're more important than whatever church business we're handling. Those small interruptions remind us that people are the priority. There is something about children that reminds us of something, something that is true, something that is beautiful. Matthew 18, verse one, at that time the disciples came to Jesus and asked, who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a little child to him and placed the child among them. And he said, truly, I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of a child is greatest in the kingdom of heaven and whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me according to jesus it behooves us to not only to minister to children but to become more like them more childlike in our faith less jaded less cynical more trusting stronger in our faith Uh, Children grow up with this innate view that people are good and that the world is a marvelous place. Have you noticed that for the majority of kids, there is no question that when they say hello to someone else, that that person is going to want to speak with them? There is no question in their mind that a perfect stranger will want to hear about their owie that they got earlier that morning, or whatever is on the top of their mind. Could you? For this week, believe that the strangers you encounter are good people. Could you give cynicism the week off? Could you send negativity on a week-long vacation? Just try it this week. Try and go back to the way it once was and see what you might learn. The priority of people. Eight-year-old Danny Dutton from Chula Vista, California. Had been taught by his parents about God. And for his third grade homework assignment, he was asked to explain God. He wrote the following One of God's main jobs is making people. He makes them to replace the ones that die so that there will be enough people to take care of things on earth. He doesn't make grown ups, just babies. I think because they're smaller and easier to make. That way, He doesn't have to take up his valuable time teaching them to talk and walk he can just leave that to mothers and fathers god's second most important job is listening to prayers an awful lot of this goes on since some people like preachers and things pray at times besides bedtime god doesn't have time to listen to the radio or tv because of this because he hears everything there must be a terrible lot of noise in his ears unless he has thought of a way to turn it off. God sees everything and hears everything and is everywhere, which keeps him pretty busy. So you shouldn't go wasting his time by going over your mom and dad's head, asking for something they said you couldn't have. Atheists are people who don't believe in God. I don't think there are any in Chula Vista. At least there aren't any who come to our church. Jesus is God's son. He used to do all the hard work, like walking on water and performing miracles and trying to teach the people who didn't want to learn about God. Finally, they got tired of him preaching to them and they crucified him. But he was good and kind like his father and he told his father that they didn't know what they were doing and to forgive them. And God said, okay. Isn't that beautiful? The boys' comments weren't exactly theologically accurate. But there is no question about the fact that his parents had taught him that God wasn't a being to be feared and obeyed, but that they had told him that God cared for him, that he was there for him when he was lonely or in danger, and that God was on his side. We too must teach our children that God is not mad at them, but he is on their side. And now that may sound easy, but it takes a ton of intentionality. Look at the book of Haggai, chapter one. Now this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. You have planted much, but harvested little. You eat, but never have enough. You drink, but never have your fill. You put on clothes, but are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. Is there a more fitting verse for our culture? I love the way that this verse just starts out, give careful thought to your ways, because most of us don't. We just do what we've always done without ever asking the question, is this the best way to live? That phrase, give careful thought to your ways, do you ever do that? Do you give careful thought to the way that you're living? So many of us grew up seeing shows and movies that taught us prioritizing money and career won't make us happy. I remember these shows. They were episodes of a sitcom or they were movies. And we knew that when we got big, when we became adults, we wouldn't be focused on our career or on money. We knew something that was true back then. And that truth that we knew when we were eight, when we were seven, when we were 10, it's still true to this day. People. Are the priority. How is that going for you? Would your younger self approve of your older self? Are you spending too much time at the office? Are you spending too much money on things? Does your schedule, your budget, your mind reflect what is most true? That people are the priority. Your kids are more important than your career. Give careful thought to your ways. There was once a young man called Caleb who was obsessed with gathering up possessions and gaining status. He was so driven by the desire to succeed that from an early age, he managed to become one of the most prominent and influential figures in his city. Yet, he wasn't happy with his lot in life. He worked long hours, rarely seeing his kids, and often became irritable at the slightest of problems. More than this, he knew that his lifestyle met with his father's disapproval. His father himself had become a really wealthy and influential man in his youth, but he had found such a life shallow and unsatisfactory. And so as a result, he had turned away from it to endeavor and to embrace a life of simplicity, fellowship, and prayer. Caleb's father had taught him from an early age about the problems that come from seeking material and political influence. And he warned Caleb in the strongest possible way to embrace a life that delves deeply into Jesus. Caleb's father was an inspiring man, well loved by all. And Caleb could see that his father, while living in a modest way, was at peace with himself and the world in a manner that his friends and colleagues just weren't. Because of this, Caleb often looked with longing at his dad's lifestyle, frequently detested the path that he himself had chosen personally. Yet despite this, he was still driven to pursue wealth and power. It was true that his father was a happy and contented man, but he was also very concerned about his son And on any occasion, when they spent time together, he would criticize Caleb for the life that he had chosen. But one day, while Caleb's father was reflecting upon his son's life, a voice from heaven interrupted him saying, Caleb is also my son and I love him just the way he is. Caleb's father began to weep as he realized that all these years he had been hurting his son through his constant disapproval in criticism. So he immediately visited his son's house, offered a heartfelt apology saying, please never feel that you have to change what you do or who you are. I love you without limit or condition, just as you are. And he held his son in a deep embrace. After that day, the father began to take an interest in his son's life again, asking questions about what he was doing, how to know how his his work was progressing, but increasingly Caleb found that he was no longer interested in working long hours. So he started to skip work in order to spend more time with his family and began to take less interest in what others thought about him. Eventually Caleb gave up his work entirely and followed in his father's footsteps, realizing that it was only after his father had accepted him unconditionally for who he was, that he was able to change and become who he always wanted to be. In this fable, we see that teaching people money isn't everything is less important than showing them money isn't everything. Do you show your kids that money isn't everything? I think the danger for so many of us is to focus Too much on the goods around us and not as much on the good within us and the good between us. People are the priority. But this is so difficult because there's this huge trend that is affecting our families and the temptation is to make our kids experience rich but relationship poor. And part of the reason is because we often want our kids to have the experiences and the things that that maybe we didn't growing up, okay? Experience rich. Get in all the right activities. Get the best grades. Get into all the best schools. Get into all the best programs. Give them all the best toys. Experience rich. All too often leads to the neglect of relationships. Experience rich. Relationship poor. And here's what we know as adults. When you get to your 30s and 40s and 50s, it is your ability to develop wonderful, loving, and lasting relationships that makes your life. When your child turns 30, it won't be their experiences with sports or school activities that they draw from. It will be from their relationships. and experiences, they're wonderful. I'm not trying to downplay experiences for our kids. But our temptation is to provide experience rich family life, often to the neglect of deep relationships. Everybody gets to gymnastics and to the ball game on time. Everyone gets tuition paid for, but we never have dinner together. And we're busy, 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 but I can't tell you the last time that I looked my child in their eyes and had a conversation with them for five minutes. We often measure our family life by our kids, activities, or GPA, but we rarely measure the depth, maturity of their relationships. And it is their relationships that matter most, their relationship with family and their relationship with God. And often, we do the same with God. Church and a little bit of God is just one of countless other activities we want our kids to be engaged in. But it's not Pilates, it's not soccer, it's not gymnastics. God is not just one more thing to make them experience rich. Then we've got them busy, busy, busy. We've given them everything, but we haven't given ourselves fully. Rather than giving them a life full of experiences, it is more important to give them a life full of you. People are the priority. And if you don't have kids, people are still the priority. And at your job, could you demonstrate that people are the priority? In your life, could you show the world that the world matters? We're funny people, you and I. When we're young, we wanna be old. And when we're old, we wanna be young. How many of us wish we could go back to when we were young and we saw our lives filled with endless possibilities and beauty and meaning? That's still true. Life is still filled with endless possibilities and beauty and meaning. Can we open up our eyes to see it? Can we live our lives in sync with God's spirit so that we may experience it? Matthew 18, truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. In God's kingdom, it isn't about upward mobility. It isn't about a bigger house. It isn't about more vacations and better vacations. It isn't about your 401k. It's about... Moving down, not moving up. What does it mean to become more childlike? Finding more joy in the everyday. Being open, even curious about new things and new adventures. Daring to dream big dreams and trusting in someone who is much bigger than yourself. I'm confident that being childlike means more than that but it certainly doesn't mean anything less. What does God have to teach you through children? Life is a gift. Love is the point. Life isn't always fine and dandy, but perhaps many of us, you're longing for a word from God in this difficult season. And perhaps God's word for you this morning is to return. Return to the God who knit you in your mother's womb. Return to the wonder and adventure you had as a child. Return to seeing life as a gift, not as a burden. Life is something that you create, not something that is happening to you. Let's create something beautiful. Now this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. God, I pray that we would do just that, that we would pause in our spirit and in our hearts, in our minds, and give careful thought to how we're living. We give careful thought to our priorities, that we give careful thought to how we live and to how we love. We need you in this, Jesus. God, help us to prioritize you. And then in doing so, prioritize family and friends, and then work. God, align our schedules to be more closely to your heart. In Jesus' name. Amen. We want to thank you so much for joining us online at Prodigal Church at Fresno. You are us. You are prodigal. Uh, next week is the finale of our in-sync sermon series. And then in two weeks is super sunday so wear your jersey uh we got a football themed service and we've got a taco truck and a salsa competition and inflatable for the kids it's going to be a ton of fun we can't wait grace and peace